I yeah. was in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> Good reference right there, buddy. Listen, Vinny he gives him the hey, nice job there, buddy. Oh man. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. At 11 minutes after 6 now, as we've seen in a number of stories over the recent years, call it a quits. Coming to the decision that you're retiring. Not always easy. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring. For good. For good. Tom Brady there, calculating income from retirement yeah, accounts. It can be confusing. I don't even know how it works if you're Tom Brady and you retired and unretired. <laughs> Did you take retired? Did you get no. the money? You Not didn't file you. anything. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're getting your retirement income, whether it's a 401k, maybe it's a Roth IRA, all of that matters. Here's ABC's Daria Albinger with today's tax tip. Pay now or pay later. I'm Daria Albinger with today's tax tip. When it comes to retirement accounts... There are two types of retirement accounts you need to consider. Those that are tax-deferred and those that are tax-exempt. ABC News contributor Caleb Silver, editor-in-chief at Investopedia. Traditional IRAs are considered pre-tax and all distributions are subject to tax at your ordinary income tax rate. Roth IRAs are contributions considered after tax and the distributions to you are tax-free if you hold those assets for a period of five years or more. And then there's rollover IRAs. Assuming you put all that money into your retirement plan while you were working, the distributions to you are taxed at your ordinary income rate. If you don't know what kind you have, Silver says it would make sense to find out now. And that matters a lot once you get into retirement and you start taking those required minimum distributions. More information on tax-deferred and tax-exempt accounts at irs.gov. With today's tax tip, Daria Albinger, ABC News. Filing deadline coming up next week, Tuesday. Tax tips brought to you by the Neal Group for less stress with the IRS. Visit neilgroup.net, that's N-E-A-L group.net, for a free consultation. I am officially retiring from the NFL and Green Bay Packers, and it's never easy. You know, it's funny, I've watched hundreds of players retire, and you wonder what that would be like. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The New York Jets and the Green Bay Packers once reportedly had a deal in place for the four-time MVP in Aaron Rodgers, but did an appearance on the Pat McAfee show ruin negotiations for one of the two teams. What happened was, you know, they had sort of trade parameters worked out, and then when Aaron went on Pat McAfee and said that I'm 90% retired, I was 90% retired when I went into the darkness retreat, I think it scared Woody. You know, I think that was one of those things that scared him. And then from the broader perspective, he continues to look at these other teams that made big moves and were promised things by their general managers. Hey, this is going to put us over the top. We're going to be in contention immediately as soon as, you know, again, going back to Denver, as soon as Russ walks through the door, we're going to be in contention, and then it completely went in the opposite direction. So I think that gives him a little bit of nervousness. Yahoo NFL reporter Charles Robinson there, who joined Wilde and Tausch over on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee Wednesday afternoon with yet the latest hurdle in a potential trade for Aaron Rodgers. The Green Bay Packers do begin their offseason program on Monday. Milwaukee Brewers lose their first series of the season, dropping their Wednesday afternoon rubber match to Arizona by a final score 
of 7-3. Jason Junk, who got the start for the injured Brandon Woodruff, who found himself on the 15-day IL, went four and two-thirds innings while surrendering four earned runs. With the loss, the Brewers dropped to 8-4, and four, and they are back at it tonight in San Diego to take on the Padres. First pitch is scheduled for 8-40. You can tune into full coverage right here on WTMJ, beginning at 8.05. Over to the NBA, where the Milwaukee Bucks have an official tip time for their first-round playoff series. That begins Sunday at 4.30. The Bucks will look to begin their playoff run at the Pfizer Forum, and they will be looking to take on Miami or Chicago. But according to Wes Matthew, getting the number one seed was important, but their eyes remain on a much bigger prize. Um, so far this season has been a great feat. Um, you know, there's excitement. There's, it's nothing to to just dismiss. You know, you don't only only one team can be the, the, the number one overall seed, and we were able to do that. But, you know, we still have our, our sights set bigger, and it's uh, one game at a time still. The Bucks did release an injury report on Wednesday – or excuse me, Tuesday, but their, uh, their injury report looks about as clean as possible entering Sunday following a week off. Coming up, Levering delivers. I yeah. was in the pool! Signing Unlimited, WTMJ News Time 619. Night swimming. Deserves a quiet night. I'm not sure all these people understand. Could not have worked out better. Our guy, Jeff Levering, delivered big time. This one in the air, right center. Back McCarthy. It is gone for Brussel. Into the pool. So that's Levering's call on Bally Sports Wisconsin the other day. Mike Brasso's home run uh, the other night in Arizona. He put one in the hot tub that's an outfield at the uh, Diamondback Stadium there. So it worked out for Levering. Let's back up. Eric and I like to offer Jeff, who joins us regularly on the program, suggestions for things he might say on home run calls. Yes, we, we, we feel like we're doing yes. our part by we're giving him, him advice on what he could say during some... Great, dramatic, epic home run calls. We're helping him. Yes, absolutely. And he hardly ever uses our suggestions. <laughs> and by hardly ever, you mean never. Never. And we had a bunch for that opening homestand. The man who passed on all of our home run call suggestions <laughs> from uh, last week's series against the Mets. That What, no good, Levo, or They're what? Fun. No, they were really good. Uh, just the, the fact that we hit so many, I had so many to choose from, and they were all coming so quickly. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, they were just too good. It's going to happen. Too good. you got to set the bar a little lower. Too good, yeah. <laughs> we gave him too many good suggestions. Yes. We were playing the Mets. You had suggested he say, how Starts, do you like that big apple? Yeah, something about big apple. Oh, how about these apples? Uh, start spreading the news. For none of them. Yeah. Many opportunities he had. Yeah, no, we passed on all of them. Very so, disappointing. We're talking with Jeff for Brewers 360 this week, and that's uh, what we do at 745. So maybe you were listening. We offered him an opportunity to redeem himself. So, so I, got, I got one for you. <laughs> Are we going to start with this? So in Arizona, you could drop a, I was in the pool, if the ball lands in the little pool. Oh, outstanding. They hit a home run. So there you go. You're welcome. I do enjoy that one. I think that's really good. I absolutely was sure he was not going to use that, even if it went in the pool. <laughs> well, so many things have to happen. First of all, you have to hit a home run, and into then it the has pool. to land in the water. I thought at best it would enter into his head like, oh, those clowns. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I'm not going to, but those those clowns yeah. knew it was coming. Well, 
Shortly after the call of the home run, he and Vinny Rotino on the broadcast, they're talking about what had just happened. Well, Mike Brasso gets to wear the cheese hat for the first time. I was in the pool! Yeah! <laughs> Good reference right there, buddy. Listen, Vinny gives him the, hey, nice job there, buddy. Oh, man. So, <laughs> does Levo think this is the end of this? There, that's, I took care of those guys. I placated that. Okay, now leave me alone. No. no oh, no. You're feeding pigeons, <laughs> oh, my friend. Oh, no. <laughs> All he's done is left the bait trap out. Oh, We're going to be back for it this week. Did you notice he brought up the uh, the cheese thing there? The- yeah, so the Brewers, like, it, last several years have had a different celebration if somebody hits a yeah. home run. They had the bell they were ringing for mm-hmm, a while. Mm-hmm. Last year was like that foam fist or something. Yeah, which is fine. I think it's fun. And this year it's a cheese head. You hit the home run, when you come back to the dugout, somebody puts a cheese head on you. So I've noticed something. Have you noticed this? That like all of the teams seem to be using these props now. The Pirates have like a plastic sword that they yeah, swing around. That guy around. was wheeling it around. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the Cubs will like put a cowboy hat on or something. So is this like, this is, to me, this doesn't seem organic anymore. It almost seems coordinated. Right. Now it's jumped the shark and now it's almost like yeah, going into the absurd. Now I'm not complaining. I don't mind it's it. Fun. I don't mind it. I love that they're 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 opening up and actually celebrating now. I just wonder <laughs> how far is this gonna go <laughs> if it actually becomes obstructive. <laughs> yeah, like, like if you wear a king's crown, but yeah. then they also add the cape yeah. and other things. <laughs> yeah, you're putting on like makeup or something. <laughs> what if you have to? You have to wear a whole clown suit. <laughs> yeah, hurry up, get this on, Garrett. Full on bozo. Garrett Mitchell, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> Right, or, and then there's a quick out, and he's running out there. He's still got the clown shoes on. Yeah. Oh my God, oh, I didn't have time to change my why shoes. Why would he have a clown You have suit. to wear the whole suit. You or, have to. Or someone's going to get hurt. We're going to get a story. Uh, Brasso got hurt because he was on the unicycle <laughs> <laughs> in the dugout. You have to do one full lap on the unicycle. <laughs> Slap all the hands. And they're superstitious, too, ball right. players are. So if you, do, if, you don't ride the, if you don't ride the unicycle, we're going to lose. That's next. <laughs> I want full... I want King's crown and a cape. (laughs) And a unicycle. And the staff and a unicycle. Next year. Six forty-one on Wisconsin's Morning News. Want to send you a show this spring at the Milwaukee Repertory Theater. They're playing God of Carnage. It opens this weekend at the Rep. God of Carnage is a play that is set in Brooklyn with two sets of parents that are that are meeting to discuss an injury that's happened to one of their children. And as you can imagine, that is wrought with issues. <laughs> Director of the show there, Ryan Quinn, talking about the comedy. It's a Tony Award-winning play, and it's basically parents talking out an issue between their children. It seems highly relatable to a lot of us, because the kids come home spinning a tale of something that happened to them, and this kid did this, and this kid did that. Oh, and then you got to investigate that, That's right? right. But do you call the parents? Do you not call the parents? Maybe they're people you know, maybe they don't. Oh. So that's kind of what the show is about. The parents get together, they have it out, and again, Director Ryan Quinn here says, things don't go well. I think it's so funny when we watch people um, who are these like civilized adults start to act like children, right? That big question of um, who are we going to be when we grow up and we end up being actually the the three and four and five year old selves at the the very end of it. And I think it's just so funny to, to watch that happen. 
And the kids stand there and look at the parents and go, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> the show is God of Carnage. It opens this weekend at Milwaukee Repertory Theater. We've got two tickets for caller number five. Some seating and show restrictions do apply. Two tickets for God of Carnage. Caller number five on the old national, on the uh, WTMJ talk and text line. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Caller number five gets the pair. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Bucks will begin their playoff run this Sunday, tipping off at 4.30 at the Pfizer Forum. Who will they play? That's the next question. They get the winner of Friday play-in game between the Chicago Bulls and Miami Heat after the Bulls took out the Toronto Raptors Wednesday night by a final of 109-104. The Milwaukee Brewers lose their first series of the season, dropping the Wednesday afternoon rubber match to Arizona by a final of 7-3. Jason Junk, who got the start for the injured Brandon Woodruff, he went four and two-thirds innings while surrendering four earned runs. The eight and four Brewers are right back at it tonight in San Diego to take on the Padres. First pitch is scheduled for 8.40. You can tune into full coverage right here on WTMJ beginning at 8.05. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. The Milwaukee Bucks finally have their postseason schedule in place as they look to chase their second title in three seasons. After dropping their season finale to the Toronto Raptors on Sunday, April 9th, the Bucks will end up sitting a week before hosting either the Miami Heat or Chicago Bulls. A week off, rest, and in-team scouting have been the focus for Coach Bud and his squad during their time off. I don't know about you, but for me, this is the year. This has to be the year. The Milwaukee Bucks must get back to the NBA Finals. And depending on where you look, most of Vegas would agree with that statement. I've talked about the pressure before in Milwaukee, and the more I sit back and the more I think about it, the more it dawns on me this team, this year's team is better than it ever has been. And yes, better on paper than the 2021 squad, which won a championship. Which for me also raises expectations. What excuse will there be for this team if they don't make it, of course, outside of injuries? You have the world's best player in Giannis. You have two all-stars by his side in Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. You could argue probably Brooke Lopez should be there. You have a Coach of the Year candidate in Mike Budenholzer, and you have more than capable role players in Bobby Portis, who could be the sixth man of the year. You went out and traded for Jay Crowder. You have Joe Ingles, and I mentioned him before, Brooke Lopez. You're well-rested, and you have a relatively clean injury report. In my opinion, after last season's early exit in Boston, the Bucs have more pressure on them to advance this season than last. The path to another parade is much easier, too. And come June, we should all expect to be in downtown Milwaukee with our championship shirts and hats on cheering on the winners of the title. You went out and grabbed the overall number one seed. You won't see Boston or Philly until the Eastern Conference Finals. And when you do, if you do, that is, they must come through the mean streets of Milwaukee to advance. Personally, I don't see a team beating the Milwaukee Bucks four out of seven times. But, 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 if a team does and the Bucks don't get to that title, the future in Milwaukee could become complicated. on Wisconsin's Morning News. This segment usually runs about five minutes. 
It could run 50 minutes today with all the new stuff we're learning on the document dump. So much to discuss with this leak from the military. The state will self-destruct in five seconds. I'll keep you. All right, so we've been talking about this for several days now that a lot of highly classified intelligence documents from the military and from the Pentagon were posted online. And not only were they leaked, but they were actually taken. Physical papers were taken. There it is. Thank you. And taken pictures of and then posted on a website for all to see. Well, now we're learning a little bit more about the potential leaker. The person behind this massive leak apparently worked on a military base and posted sensitive national security secrets in an online group of friends. So acquaintances and friends on the website Discord, this quote-unquote suspect would just take pictures of this stuff and post it on there for them to see. And how do we know this, Eric? Because the Washington Post spoke to one of the quote-unquote friends who was part of that little chat group. Yes. They found, so they didn't talk to the leaker. No. They talked to some kid. Yes. Who's in a the group. member of the chat room says the man called America's intelligence community a sinister force that sought to suppress its citizens and keep them in the dark. The Washington Post says it spoke to a friend of the alleged leaker, agreeing not to name the young man who said this about his friend. Thought that the government is overreaching in several aspects. In a statement, Discord said it's cooperating with law enforcement as the Justice Department opens a criminal investigation. Yeah, so they're looking into this. They're trying to find this guy, as you heard in that piece from M. Wynn at ABC. Friend who talked to the Post ain't sharing the name or the location of where this leaker would be, but he says he used to work at a military base. Um, seems to be a gun enthusiast. A lonely young man is how they describe them. And he was part of a chat room of about two dozen people on Discord. That's this social media website we were talking about with video gamers generally dominating that site. And he shared a love of guns and military gear. And he also would post pictures of these highly classified documents. And here's some stuff I found at work today. Yes. <laughs> right. And he kept doing it. And then eventually it kind of got out. And, and now it's for all to see. And now we have issues with our allies and all of our secrets are out there. And some of that is pretty incriminating stuff that the... Military, not only here but across the world, trying to get their arms around and, and fix some of it was about the war in Ukraine and the front and where the vulnerabilities were. Correct. What specifically yeah. were some of the troubles that the Ukrainian army military were going to have as the Russians continued their onslaught? I mean, real specific stuff and clearly indications that we were spying on our friends. Which I those stories have popped before. More embarrassing than it is anything, right. but you don't want that. So that's happening overseas. What does the president think? I'm not going home. I'm staying here. Just, and this is an incredible place. <laughs> he just says he's not going home. He's in Ireland right now. He hasn't okay, talked so about nothing. it yet. So the president has not addressed it. But in all fairness, he's being asked other questions. What do you think of the weather, Mr. President? It's fine. <laughs> okay. Great exchange. <laughs> all right, Mr. President. What do you think of the sunshine? <laughs> well, it's not, it's kind of windy and brutal over there. But yes, that's that's what they're talking about. However, the press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre in Dublin. The Department of Defense has said they have taken steps to further uh, restrict access to uh, sensitive information. She will not get into the Washington Post report. This is something that we are taking very seriously. There is an ongoing investigation. DOD has taken steps uh, to restrict uh, access to these uh, documents and uh, definitely don't want to get ahead. 
ahead uh, of what's currently happening. So do we find the guy? Got to, right? The actual leaker? Well, I don't have any great confidence in that. Apparently, the Washington Post was able to track down one of these discorders, but not the FBI (laughs) or anybody else who's investigating this. The Post got to him. And then here's the other question. This kid's clearly a minor, right? They say he's a minor. The one that they talked to the Post, yes. Yes, I'm sorry. So there's two different people, right? There's the actual leaker. Which we believe is a man, according to the reports. But there's then this minor, this apparently a teenager who is aware of who this person is, but he ain't talking. Yeah. He's not going to tell. Uh, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, can we like put the put that in your house? Guy? One of your teenage sons. Yeah, I, I got a I got a kid who's on Discord. He does gaming stuff with you know finds advice or whatever. See if you can find some intel. Comes upstairs. Hey, Dad, we've got some classified military secrets on here. We're <laughs> first of all, are you crazy? And then you're going right to the police department? (laughs) Well, something. And listen, here's what you're not doing. You're not talking to the Washington Post, but not U.S. authorities. How did you help your country today, son? (laughs) My favorite part is that the leaker goes by the moniker OG. Great. Of course he does. I don't give him another day. There's no way. Unless the leaker is really this teenager, and he's just making all this OG stuff up. No. Because he's still because what's his access to these documents? They still have to come from somewhere. Yes. Boy, I. The concern I have is just how vulnerable these military bases appear to be. If you work there, hey, anything goes. Tell you what up. We want to take a look at some of these pieces of paper. You want to check that out? Sure, go ahead. You can you can look at that and take it out and take pictures of it. Business headlines up next. Here's the Market Business Journal's. Sari Lesk. Julie Brandt is now a corporate vice president and president of Building Solutions North America for Johnson Controls International. She was chosen to head up the company's largest business unit, which posted revenue of nearly $9.4 billion in the latest fiscal year. A weak fourth quarter and concerns about how the company will execute leads S&P to again downgrade Kohl's. The ratings agency previously downgraded the merchant in September. And a plan to convert the 100 East office tower into apartments advances with court approval. The building has been shedding tenants and is involved in a foreclosure lawsuit filed by its mortgage lender. I'm Sari Lesk with Milwaukee. BusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.